The Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro and crumblecookies.com. All right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is June the 14th of 2023. Glad you guys are here with us this morning. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about the things that we don't miss about high school. Ooh, okay. I was traumatized by high school. Yeah. Like, I think it affects me to this day. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Plus, Kelly once auditioned for a game show. We'll chat about that because, yes. you know, maybe she can be on Wheel of Fortune when Pat Sajak retires. Oh. Mm. Uh, Dirk Bentley's back with new music. We have Lainey Wilson and Lauren Elena. They're back with their backs. Oh, yeah. At Booty. Thick as thieves. Plus, we do the Cape Fine Breakfast Club powered by Families Inc. We do Doc Talk with Dr. Shane Spites. We have Peyton Riley coming in to talk about The Little Mermaid with the Stage Theater Company. Noelle Richardson with the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, we also have Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care doing Wet Nose Wednesday. And Haley Stotts talks about the St. Bernard's Triple Swing. All, right. All of that right here this morning with Arkansas's Morning Show. Brandon Baxter in the morning. We told you Pat Sajak is walking away from Wheel of Fortune at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savannah White, who's been with them this whole run, has uh, done the social media post about Pat Sajak. And she says, here's the quote. When we started at Wheel of Fortune, who could have imagined we'd still be here 41 seasons oh, later? My goodness. I couldn't be happier to have shared the stage with you for all these years with one more to come. Cheers to you, Pat Sajak. Oh, so you think she's going to walk away? You figure she's done too. You know, there's part of me, I wish they would give it to her. I wish they would give it to oh. her and she would, you know, here she's been kind of behind the scenes just being, and remember I was watching Wheel of Fortune last night. Remember when she used to turn the letters around? Yeah. But, but now it's just the touch screen. But I was like, you know what? She's really only gotten to shine by kind of touching the letters or turning the letters. She's super intelligent, super smart. She's got a great personality. Let Vanna shine. She's paid her dues. I do kind of like that idea. She's 66. She might want to be done, though, you know? Yeah, because she's been there this whole run, too. I guarantee you she's loaded, right? Oh, yes. Like, they're both loaded yes. at this point. Uh, there, there's rumors out about people. Like, there's all kinds of people who want that job, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a good job. And, again, everybody talks about Wheel of Fortune, especially there's a certain generation who loves the whole uh, the whole game show deal. One of the rumors is Ryan Seacrest is in consideration to replace Pat Sajak. Do you know that immediately my mind just goes, leave him alone. Yeah. Like he's done enough. Let him just kind of do what he's doing and let's let somebody else do something. See, I think the same thing. Like let's do something different than yeah. what, what's already been done a million different times before. We know Ryan Seacrest. He's awesome. He's yeah. like the best. No, but, yeah. you know. No, if I could be somebody, I'd want to be Ryan Seacrest. He's, yeah. he's got it made and he yeah. does all the stuff that I like to do. But why do I feel like they'll pick a woman? Yeah, they might. I hope it's Sajak's kid, Maggie. Maggie, yeah. yeah. I start watching Wheel of Fortune. But that makes sense, though. You know, it really does. Maggie. What if Anna White has a good-looking kid? Probably, right? She probably has yeah, a son. Yeah. How cool would it be if it was Pat Sajak's They're daughter kids. and then Vanna White's kid up there? That if would she be has cool. a son. I don't know. Uh, we were thinking about like game shows, if you could be on any game show. And I know we're going to take out Beat Shazam and get back to that. Any other game show, what would you want to be on? It would be uh, Don't Forget the Lyric. Okay, so it's all music it, stuff? It would be all music related. It wouldn't be uh, Pressure Luck? No whammies, no whammies, no whammies? No, I don't like that kind of pressure. What about Jeopardy for you? Would that be a good one? <laughs> Number one, I couldn't answer the question, but then when you have to answer it in the form of a 
question, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm done. See, I'd, I'd love to do Family Feud just with the idea if we take all of this, uh, these oh. dysfunctional members of my family and put them on TV, we'd have a full season. Now, if it was Family Feud, I think that I'd be pretty funny on Who'd there. Who'd be on your team? Is it five? I think it's five people. Could oh I be on your gosh. team? Yeah, I'd put you on my so team. So a co-host? Yeah. Would you put your kid up there? No. No. What about your mom? No. Your brother? A million percent, yes. Yeah, a couple of your friends, maybe? Yeah. I, I so really, it wouldn't be like a family. You're, you'd bring no, in I'm not picking who, my family. <laughs> you bring in people who aren't your family. <laughs> yeah. The Beach Shazam, Kelly auditioned for that. That's the Jamie Foxx show. Yeah, and, and we made it all the way to like a third round. And they yeah. were even telling us the week to clear with our bosses at work. This was like four, three years ago. Yeah, so Kelly auditioned with one of our friends, Ashley from Wynn. And Ashley told me off the radar that she believes the reason she didn't get to make it was because of Kelly. That's what Ashley said. I'm not trying to stir drama of between them. Of course, because them. you never, you are never known to stir drama, Brandon Baxter. I would not want to do uh-huh. that. But she said it was all Kelly's fault. Ashley, I love you, and I know it's not true. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out today to Kato Monmalu. So Kato Monmalu is from Little Rock and is about to make an appearance on Project Runway. Wow. This is Project Runway All-Stars because back in 2010... Uh, Kato was on the show and she made it right there to the very end of the season. She was the runner up. After she did that, she was able to uh, start dressing celebrities and everyday people. She has a jewelry line in Dillard's right now. And uh, she's also created the Designer's Choice Fashion Preview, which is giving, you know, up and coming designers in Arkansas plans to show their work or a place to show their work, which I think is really cool. But she's about to be on Project Runway All-Stars with the chance to win $250,000. So here's to you, Gato Mamalu. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. And today's high five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check the availability in your area when you go to rightfiber.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing a big on a Wednesday morning. It is June the 14th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. We have Country Music News today on Dirks Bentley. I got some rust on my Chevy, but it's ready to so Dirk Bentley's album, Gravel and Gold, he says, is his favorite album. He thinks it's his best work of his entire career. And he's releasing a new song to radio. His next radio single is going to be called Something Real. It's co-written by Dirks and Hardy. So the whole idea behind this is he believes that most people are searching for more in life than what's on the surface. The search for finding something real, which is like a genuine connection. Again, the, the song is called Something Real. Here's a sneak peek of new stuff from Dirk Bentley. Yeah. I need a little backbone in my backbeat. I need a little lifelong in my front seat. I need the kind of moments to make my whole vibe 
Dirk Bentley, his next radio single is something real. We have country music news today on Lainey Wilson. Drink a watermelon moonshine. So there's a new dance sweeping the nation, and if you haven't had a chance to learn it yet, why not choose the best two gals possible to teach it to you? So Lauren Elena and Lainey Wilson have a song out together, They've and they've made up a dance, kind of hoping that it'll catch on. And Lauren posted a clip of them doing it in the parking lot, and there's a lot of hip shaking and shimmying, and it kind of ends with Lauren giving Lainey a little spank on the rear end. On, but man. I have this song on repeat. This song is called Thick as Thieves. Here's Lauren and Lainey. Busting out the tin like some Pillsbury biscuits. How we got in and now some tie bone fitness. Little right kick, left kick, shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Bell bottom high, gimme, gimme, gimme. We're thicker than our accent, thicker than our hair. Thicker than a Georgia and Louisiana Thicker than molasses from the patches to the same. Stealing hearts. It's called Thick as Thieves. It's by Lauren Elena and Lainey Wilson, and it's out now. And we have country music news today on Tim McGraw. So Tim McGraw was at CMA Fest over the weekend, and he uh, walked into a room where Randy Travis was sitting at a table, and he's a big Randy Travis fan. Of course, Randy's a legend in the world of country, and Tim decided to sing one of uh, Randy's favorite songs, one of Randy's biggest hits, to Randy Travis. We have audio that Randy has shared. It's Tim McGraw doing On the Other Hand. There's a golden land You remind me of someone Who just won't understand On one hand I can stay here Be your loving man But the reason I must go on the other hand. That's Tim McGraw basically paying tribute to Randy Travis right there to Randy's face. It's up on Randy's social media if you want to check it out. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hey, the podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the Shops and Hilltop in Jonesboro. Kelly, Father's Day weekend yep. is coming up. And think about all these amazing treats. Let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Dads love Crumble Cookies. And if you're thinking about what you can get dad for like a dessert for Father's Day on Sunday, think about Crumble Cookies. Listen to the ones on the menu this week. Brownie batter, a thick and delicious treat crafted with chocolate, brownie batter, and semi-sweet chips. What about peanut butter cup featuring Reese's? This is the classic peanut butter cookie swirled with melty peanut butter and sprinkled with chopped Reese's peanut butter cups on top. How about this one? The classic Krispies bar featuring Rice Krispies, a crackly Rice Krispies cookie slammed with marshmallow, butter, and vanilla. They also have the double chocolate chip. This is a new one. This is a warm milk chocolate chip cookie that's dipped in semi-sweet chunks and sprinkled with sea salt. 
How about the confetti milkshake? A confetti sugar cookie rolled in rainbow sprinkles, topped with cake-flavored buttercream and a dollop of whipped cream. They also have the classic pink sugar. This is an all-time favorite. It's a vanilla sugar cookie that they top with that perfect pink swoop of real almond frosting. And the milk chocolate chip, the classic you can't go wrong, thick, soft, and packed with milk chocolate chip. Y'all, you can check out Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. You can download the app. All you have to do is search Crumble Cookies in your app store or check them out online at crumblecookies.com. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show. Did you know when you get a kidney transplant, in most cases, your old kidneys aren't removed. They just stay in your body. Yeah, that's kind of strange to think about that. I think I might want it to be taken out. Like keep it in a jar? Yeah, like I don't know what you do with it. That'd be a kind of cool display when somebody walks in. It's over your fireplace, your mantle or something like that. Yeah. Hey, that's my kidney. Yeah, it's a good good story. I think it's a good story. Yeah. Maybe okay. you can poke it and play with it and stuff like that. Okay, that's a little too far. I don't know. You know who told me that was fun? Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Did you know Target has its own forensic labs in Las Vegas and Minneapolis where criminal justice experts and forensic scientists ha- uh, solve crimes that happened at Target? They also help... Uh, real law enforcement agencies when they need extra manpower or facilities. Really? Yeah. I've never heard that before. That's crazy. And did you know Jay-Z tested at a 12th grade level as a 6th grader before he lost interest later dropping out of high school? Oh my gosh. And you tested as a at a 6th grade level when you were in 12th okay. grade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jay-Z has since given us hits like this. <laughs> Why you gotta tell my business? <laughs> And I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata. Still sipping my top. Sitting courtside. Nicks and Nets give me high five. I be spiked out. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I'm most definitely from. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, so summer break is here. What it do to all of you on summer break? Are you, uh, well, probably most of the people that are actually on break are probably asleep right now. Huh? Yeah. They don't wake up? No. Well, maybe they're listening on the podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. So what it do to all of you listening to the podcast. All right. So uh, the things we don't miss about school, I saw this deal, people were talking about this, and Kelly, I so related because I've mentioned before that like high school for me was somewhat traumatizing. Yeah. And many of the issues I've developed in my life probably stemmed from junior high and high school. Yeah. I think a lot of us are like that, though. You know, it's like, okay, so if you if you take family and high school out of the mix, is life easy? Uh, hmm. We'd like to think it would be. Because family can be dysfunctional. High school can make you all kinds of crazy. Uh If we remove both of those, maybe we don't have family or school. Uh, I I don't know if that would well round us yeah either that doesn't real sound that doesn't really sound right uh here's some things that people don't miss about high school and here's the difference between me and Kelly while I don't miss high school and dreaded every single day, 
this sucker loved going. I did. Like, she didn't want summer. She did not want vacation. She yeah. wanted to be in school year-round, six days a week. I wanted to be with my friends, yeah. They say some of the things that people don't miss about high school are the bullies and the cliques. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I get that. But the thing is, that never goes away. Yeah, but it's different, man. I remember going around having people sign my yearbook, and some of the stuff that people wrote in my yearbook was awful. It was so bad, I didn't let my mom read it. Yeah. Like, literally, and I thought about this, and I would never do this, but, like, some of the stuff that people wrote and then put their name next to, like, if I went back through and, like, somebody's, you know, some uh, politician or or there's some, you know, actor or, or whatever. Yeah, look what this guy wrote in Brandon's book. Yeah, when I was a kid, look what they did. I should go through there and see that. Yeah, you should. Because, I mean, that messed me up. Uh, homework is another thing people don't miss about school. Mm-hmm. Group projects, because that's a oh, pain. Oh, gosh, because you always get everybody in there that's not going to do anything. You've got the one person that's going to you know, do all the work. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets an A for everybody's for that one person's work. You know what? You're right. That did happen, didn't it? Oh. And see, I always wanted to find the person who was going to do all the work. Because even though I wasn't very popular, <clears throat> I also wasn't a, a hard worker. Yeah, well, all of this, as you, as you tell me more stories about your life, it all kind of makes sense. Uh, they say um, people hate being judged for what we wore. That was such a big deal. Like now, it's like we don't care as much. But as a kid, you wanted to have the trendy stuff and the fashionable stuff. Uh, or, or you saw the popular kids that had it and maybe you couldn't afford it or you didn't have it or whatever. It's true. That's a big deal in school that I forgot about. But newsflash. Still happens when you're an adult. Do you think so? A million percent. Not as bad for guys, though. Right? Not as bad for guys. I mean, we're pretty simple. Put on a t-shirt and jeans. Now, don't just general make every, like, guys are simple. Oh, we're so easy. Aren't most of us simple? If we talk about saying us, like, why are you putting yourself into the simplistic group? Because I'm sitting here thinking I'm a man of the people, a part of the fabric of Arkansas. That doesn't mean you're simple. No, I think I'm pretty simple. Look what I wear. You're definitely not a simple man. Thank you very much. I love Leonard Skinner. Mm -hmm. They say that um, one of the things we miss is, or that we don't miss, is friends who are really nice to you one day and then really mean to you the next, depending on who's around. Uh, We didn't want to, we didn't like having to get up and speak in class. Uh, We didn't like the idea that we were going through all all of our life changes in junior high and high school, all the puberty stuff, how awkward that Mm -hmm. is. That's another reason I didn't want to wear like comfortable pants. I wanted jeans, like tighter jeans on. You didn't want to wear a comfortable, you didn't want to like wear parachute pants? No, because I like there's two things I worried about. One of those was getting pants and not having the opportunity to defend myself. And the other was if the wind blew. Okay. All right. What? Oh, guys. I'm just telling you, man. <laughs> the air conditioner comes on yeah. and all mm. of a sudden. <laughs> man. Those pants were dangerous back in the day. I'm just saying. Oh, I wish I could take that back. <laughs> Can we scratch that from the podcast? Nope. It never happened to me, but it happened to my friends. Yes. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. A man from Minnesota named Alan Duncan was just arrested for a series of robberies in Chicago that happened a few months back. Well, he got away with more than $8,000, but for some reason he left the money in the getaway car, which he'd parked outside a homeless shelter. Huh? 
But as the car was sitting there, someone else stole that car. <laughs> and the police later discovered it abandoned with the engine running and a door open. Oh. Well, when they caught up with Alan, Alan told the police that he'd loaned the car to some guy named CJ and he had never returned it. But the police think he was lying to cover up his robberies because Alan was caught on a recorded call telling his brother that the car was stolen when he got back into town and that he had left $12,000 in there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, Alan doesn't think that the thieves knew about the cash in the suitcase, but they did find it, and they took off. So for now, Alan has only been charged with one of the robberies, but he's connected to the second one. Wow. Speaking of a thief stealing something from another thief... What do you call a duck that steals? Oh my gosh, what do you call a duck that steals? A robber duck. Okay. You know, like a robber duck. I set myself up for that one. And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, June the 14th of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Henry Brownfield of Newport, who celebrates today. Cheryl Carter from Wynn. We have Kevin Carlisle of Jonesboro celebrating. Christy Cochran in Dixie is celebrating. I used to wrestle at the old Dixie Dance Hall in like 1995. Really? Yes, Sunday afternoons. So uh, let's see here. Douglas Davis of Jonesboro. Holly Briley of Harrisburg is celebrating. Tyler Waymeyer from Wynn. We also have Greg Newby from Wynn celebrating today. Samantha Downey of Pocahontas. Kay Barnett of Jonesboro. M. Osmond of Jonesboro celebrates. How about Lainey Rawlings, who has a birthday today? And Greta Feltz of Jonesboro celebrates as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday to Daryl Sabara, who is 31 today. Lucy Hale is 34. That's Aria on Pretty Little Liars. Kevin McHale is 35. That was Artie on the show Glee. Oh, happy birthday today to Boy George. He is 62 today. Let's do this one. One of your favorites. Boy George, 62 years old today. Donald J. Trump is 77, the 45th president. And happy birthday today to someone Brandon holds very dear. Oh, uh, one of my favorites. You want me to do it or are you going to give me the you chance? Know, no, you, you know do what? It. Oh, no, you want me to no, do it? You, please. Happy birthday goes out to Marla Gibbs, who is turning 92 years old today. She was Mary on 227, if you remember, the one with Lester. Yes. And she was also the maid on The Jeffersons. Where we're moving Uh-oh. on now. Wrong with that. Forever moving on up. 
Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Marla Gibbs, hmm. who turns 92 today. Happy birthday, Marla. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man who is more vibrant than those UFOs in Vegas. He's more surprising than the retirement of Pat Sajak. And he's more thick than Lainey and Lauren combined. (laughs) He is Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that that makes you feel All right. He's the one they call and he's going to be your Frankenstein. I've got one thing you Dr. Shane Spines. Dr. Shane Spines. Dr. Shane Spines. Yes, he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. The one and only Dr. Shane Spites. Shane, good morning. The part, Jake. Pat, a Sajak thing. That's a, you know, how old is he, like 90? No, he's like 76, but he's been on that show for oh. 41 years. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, was he 15 when he started? But I feel like, <laughs> like I feel like that I was like toddling around on Wheel of Fortune. No, and like for so many, uh, so for so many of us, like I think about my grandparents and yeah. how much they, like Wheel of Fortune was something they looked forward to. A lot of times they were eating dinner, watching Wheel of Fortune, yeah. then they'd fall asleep in their chair at like seven <laughs> o'clock at night. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, we, around the house here, we still do some of that. We still have Wheel of Fortune on. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, everybody's screaming at the TV like they can hear you about, you know. Yeah, I, so do. I, I think uh, that's interesting. <clears throat> I have the perfect person to replace Pat Sajak. Have you ever seen his daughter, Maggie? I have. Yeah, she had a guest appearance on there a few times. That's who I'm voting for. I don't know if I have a vote in this deal, but I'm going to vote for Maggie. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. My idea this morning was family tradition. <clears throat> yeah. So you have Maggie Sajak as the host and then take Vanna White's son, who's 29, and make him the letter person. Just flip the roles oh, with the kids. That'd be funny. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Shane, I'm a genius. That'd be really cool. You're a genius. You yeah. are. You are. You Have you talked to somebody, a producer or somebody about this? Well, you know, I'm kind oh, of. He talks to everybody I'm, about I'm, it. I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in the television business as well, coming up starting tomorrow. So. Yeah. All to, right, kind of a big deal, huh? Well, you know, it is. I hate to brag, Shane. You know, I'm not much of a bragger. Oh I know you're not. You're one of the most humble and, and uh, humility guys that I know. So <laughs> I mean, I, he uh, wrote Tim McGraw's song, Humble and Kind. <laughs> I, I wondered about that. Mm-hmm. I kind of had a sense of the, of the, of the Brandon Overtones in See? that song. Hey, Kelly hurt herself walking, and we're trying to figure out what she should do because she's like busted a hamstring or something. Walking. Okay, my question to Just you. Walking? Thank Uh, you, Shane. You know that he's going to set it up the worst possible way to make me look terrible. Uh, I've had a nagging hamstring injury for about a year. So like uh, even when I walk or lift or or, and I do stretch, that's like the one thing I haven't been working out, but I I stretch a lot. Um, But anyway, this weekend I re-injured it. I'm not trying to set any records. I'm not trying to run a marathon. I'm just trying to be healthy and lift and do everything I'm supposed to be doing. But if I keep having this nagging injury, what am I supposed to do with it? Because I realize if I come to the doctor, I'm going to get like a four to six week off, just, you know, nurse it, whatever. But is it just never going to get better? So this is a great conversation. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry that you injured yourself, but this is actually a really good conversation to have um, because this is very, very common. 
Um, and, and I think let, let's back up a little bit in terms of just when we talk about the human body itself. Mm-hmm. And most of us, most people listening to your show will remember this. When you were in your teens, when you were in your early 20s, I mean, you could fall off the back of a tailgate, you could yeah. trip and, you know, and bounce up and be fine and, like, and never, never think twice about it. You didn't hurt. You didn't feel anything. You didn't pull any muscles. And it's because at that time of your life, your body was pretty resilient. Mm-hmm. The body could, take, you know, could re- literally roll with the punches. Um, and so the, your muscles, your tendons, your ligaments, they were much more pliable. They're much more elastic, and they could stretch and move. As we get older, I mean, and I, I hate to say this, as we get older, obviously the body ages. It just doesn't have the ability to compensate like it did when we were much younger. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not that you can't. It's not that you can't have your body in that, in that shape. It's just it's going to take more work. When you were in your teens and 20s, um, you didn't have to work at it. It was just na- you were naturally able to kind of bounce back. As we get older, certainly once you start hitting about, you know, early 30s, but 35 and on, you're going to start noticing, you know, these aches and pains and then things that you, like I just turned and, and reached around to pick up this bucket or reached around it and all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, what was that? And you got this kind of sharp pain. Or like you said, you're walking down the street and you stumble, you know, over something, you try to catch yourself. You know, because of you know your your lost balance, mm-hmm. all of those things are going to happen, and you're going to pull something. The reason why is, and 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 this is even for people that work out regularly, and this is really important. And I had to, I had this conversation actually this weekend with a family member um, who's older, but you know, it talks about it. Well, you know, I work out, I do, you know, and show, he showed me all the different exercises he does when he goes to the gym, and I said those are great, but you need to realize most of those gym exercises you were only isolating certain muscle groups. Mm-hmm. You were only working your biceps. You were only working your triceps. You were only working certain muscle groups. Your body has hundreds of different muscles, that, that, and some of them were really, really small that connect from, from point A to point B. And if you don't intentionally stretch those areas, you're going to set yourself up for, uh, for injury. Mm-hmm. And so hands down, and you guys have heard me say this before, Hands down, the best way to prevent injury, which is the name of the game right now. It's for me too. Mm-hmm. You know, went to the gym this morning. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I was I was only working out certain muscle groups, but on Monday I did my basically full workout, which included yoga. Mm-hmm. Now people kind of scoff and they say, "Well, Doctor Spites, I, I, I stretch." This is not stretching. Mm-hmm. If you've done yoga, you will know that yoga puts you into positions that you would not normally ever move into. Mm-hmm. That, that is beyond stretching. Now, some people say, well, I can't get them to go to a class. I can't make it work. There's all kinds of YouTube videos you can do it yourself. Um, so, it, you know, that for some people, that's what they prefer is doing it on YouTube and doing it at their own time. But I make a big deal about that because it does prevent injuries. And as you get older, older, that's a big, big deal. Whether we talk about falling and breaking a hip or, I mean, I'll give, I mean, just my, myself, for example, last October, let me just tell you this, last October, working in the backyard, pulling out, I forget what it was. It was something I was working on, some sort of uh, irrigation system. I'm trying to pull something out and I felt my shoulder kind of pop. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, a few weeks later, gosh, it was just nagging. I got to where I couldn't really move it the way that I wanted to. And so, and then, then there's a risk of that. You can run a risk of frozen shoulder. So I recognize that. So what, you, what I did after the acute injury, kind of baby it, leave it alone. If, it, if it's inflamed, you want to ice it, leave it, leave it alone for a couple of weeks. Once it's cooled down, start to work it back and start to kind of do exercises that take you to a barrier, that take you to where, okay, I kind of feel that. 
you know, I, you know, it's going to kind of hurt a little bit. I just now I'm over that shoulder injury yeah. last October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happened last October. I'm just now over it and it was intentional. I had to go through and actually work on getting back to my normal range of motion. Now I'm back to it. Now I can feel a little bit of it, but it's not near what it was. So to your point, Yes, you can absolutely get over it. It's going to take some time. And, and to be honest with you, I'm happy to talk to you, you know, offline about this, about specifically what you can be doing to work that muscle group um, or, or those, those ligaments and those tendons to be able to kind of get back into it. But it's going to take a while. It's not going to be something that is going to be better in the next few weeks. It's probably going to take a few months. You know, it's interesting you bring up the shoulder thing because I talked to you about this, I guess it was six or eight months ago. And, you know, I did something trying to lift weights with my shoulder and I could mm-hmm. barely move my arm at one point, couldn't sleep comfortably. And that did that did kind of just get better over time, and I'm able to push it a little further. So I think it's I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like I'm kind of getting better with that as well. So, uh, but again, I think it's interesting to know that that we got to be more careful because here I am, you know, trying to push myself harder in the gym, trying to lift heavier than I've ever lifted, uh, and maybe you know I'm sitting here going, is that the smart way to do this, or am I better off to do you know lower weight, more reps? What would you recommend to me at my age? Because uh, I feel like I'm still growing. I feel like I'm still putting on size. But could I do just as much by not lifting as heavy? Yeah, I, I'm, I've moved to more reps. Now, every once in a while, what I'll do, I'll actually kind of cycle, Brandon. So I'll typically do more reps mm-hmm. and then maybe a little weight. And then maybe every few months, I'll kind of go for a few weeks and kind of build a little bit mm-hmm. and then kind of cycle back to just regular reps. But lifting heavy constantly um, – at our age, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea over time. I just don't. Well, it's so crazy because it's like as a as a young person, why didn't I try this then, as opposed to waiting until later? But you know, it's like you figure so much more out about life as you get older, and like now I oh, want to be bigger than I was when I was twenty one, which is crazy. Yeah, and that that's not always the best. And to be honest with you, and that's where you just got to be careful because a lot of times, you know, <laughs> I think there's a song, you know, my. My mind says I'm 25, even though my body says I'm 45. <laughs> um, you know, that, that there's a lot of truth to that. And so I, I think that's where we can set ourselves up for injury if we're not careful. So you're telling me not to try to keep up with the younger kids in the gym. Is that what you're telling me? I, I would just say be really careful about that. <laughs> keep, keep, maybe you can keep, keep up with them intellectually. How about okay, that? Okay, there you go. Hey, <laughs> what should my weight be? What do you think my weight should oh, be? Oh, gosh. Hey, Please my, don't give him a you number. Know, no, you know I'm a little bit stockier, right? But I, and part of that is because I have been able Stocky? to grow. Is that the word we're going with? Okay. Husky. Okay. Husky is what my grandmother husky. used to say. Husky. Husky? Is that a, aren't there pants? Are there husky pants? <clears throat> hey, there are husky pants and maybe even some boots. And husky dogs. Boots. Huh. But what would you think about my weight? You th- I just want to know. You're setting him up no, to upset yourself. No, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But like, what would you think? <laughs> what is? Well, hang on a second. What? Um, so, how tall are you? You know, a lot of it depends on um, on your height. Yeah, probably about. If I'm going to be honest with you, about five ten. Brandon Kelly, leave me alone. Five ten. We'll go five ten. Five ten on his tiptoes. Okay, five ten in my boots. Okay. Um, what would you think is five ten in stilts in stilts five ten so yeah so five ten and again I'm, I'm going to ballpark this um healthy weight for you at five ten mm-hmm. uh probably 175 well this is the last time we're going to talk to dr okay. spites on the show exactly exactly <laughs> okay so wait like legit though does my stature because i have ad- i've added a little bit of size but i think a lot of it's in you know muscle uh does that change that or are you telling me, that. does 
does the 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 size of like shoulders and all the different stuff change what my ideal weight should be? Because the deal is, if I'm trying to gain size and muscle, I'm going to weigh more, right? Right, right. No, absolutely. Like, I don't know absolutely. that I'm necessarily. You know, I'm not well, and tiny. Then, and this is where that. This is where, and you guys have heard this before. The whole BMI, the body mass index. Yeah. This is where that kind of doesn't really work. Um, and to be honest with you, when you when we're looking on, on the um, healthcare side, the BMI is kind of starting to fall out of favor. We still use oh. it. We still use it a lot. It's still something that, like, even my clinic charts auto calculate the BMI. Mm-hmm. But we're looking more to waist tip ratio um, more than the BMI because of exactly what you said. Where you know you've got somebody who is you know is, is fairly lean, uh, but they've got, they've got a lot of muscle. So mm-hmm. the muscle mass, obviously, muscle weighs more than fat. And so that muscle mass kind of throws the kind of tips the scales for them, uh, and it puts them into a category of being you know overweight or obese. And really, you know, they're not. It's because they're they're fit. And so that's why we're looking more at the at the waist tip ratio um, as as a better measure of of you know of what your ideal weight should be. Talk me through that because, and I'll tell you, I'm probably heavier than I should be, right? Maybe, and I don't diet like I, I know all the right stuff to do. I don't always do it. I can advise somebody on what to do. I don't follow it myself, <clears throat> which is weird. But what explain to me the hip waist ratio? What does that look like? So it's um, there, there's a calculator that you go through, and um, and you, you can go online actually pull this up, and. Basically, for men, and, and it's the it's the waist, and, and they they did they've done some studies on this, mm-hmm. and there's a twenty uh, twenty twenty one study that showed people who carried more weight around the midsection, mm-hmm. maybe at higher risk of heart disease, type two diabetes, and even premature death, than those people who carry more of their weight in the hips and thighs. Mm-hmm. And so this is probably a better indicator, uh, and it's so this is not like the body mass index, which doesn't take any of that into into consideration. Uh, and so you take it, it, the, it's a calculation where you um, would divide your um, waist by the hip um, and look, and it, it would come up with like a, a number, like a ratio, like a point something. Right. Like for um, like your health, like you wouldn't want for men, you wouldn't want that number to be one or higher. You want your, you know, to have low risk. You want it to be like 0.95 or lower. Um, and I'm trying to see there's, different calculators you can just pull up online and and just, you can just type in waist tip ratio um, and pull up your own uh, and just type in your own uh, numbers there and find, I was just trying to see if I could pull that up real quickly for for you. Um, And we could just type you in and see what it is. Publicly? You want to do this publicly? (laughs) This is a great day. We're all friends here, right? No, and I'll be honest. Yeah. Cause I mean, more than likely you're going to tell me that I need to, to lean out a little bit, I would assume, but it's hard. Like I don't want to lean out because I want to add muscle. So you have to have more calories and you know, all right. So how many centimeters, uh, do you know, centimeters on your waist measurement? Oh, waist. How many centimeters on your waist? Uh, no, I don't know how many centimeters are in my waist. How many inches? 52. How many inches around your waist? Let's do about 33. 33, and then your actual, then the hip. So, you know, waist is different. So the waist is the narrowest point. Yeah. The hip is the widest point. Well, so gotta, what's the hip? What's your hip measurement? Uh, when's the last time I measured my hips? I got a big butt. Uh, I'm going to say a 46. No, I don't think it's a 46. That seems that seems 46? No, it's not a 46. I would Megan say 33. Let's say 38. And I don't know. I haven't I haven't tried it, but I'm just guessing based on my All figure. Right. Okay. So this says your, your waist hip ratio is 0.87. Oh, so that so that's low health so that's low health risk. Yeah. 
So if you yeah, so if you've got a waist measurement of thirty three inches and a hip measurement of thirty eight inches, which we apparently don't know, you're just making some of these numbers up. But anyway, if you have that ratio of point eight seven, so if those numbers are real, then uh, you are at lower lower risk of any health issues. So that's um, and it's, it's just a measurement. And there's um, there's another thing I was going to mention. There's a um, there's another new calculator that just came out. That looks at your mortality rate. Now, this Uh-oh. is this is now. Let me be clear about this. There's going to be more of these that come out, but it's really cool that we're able to get so much data on people that we're able to say, okay, you just go in and plug in. Okay, I'm a male. I'm age 50. Uh, this is you know I don't smoke. Blah 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 blah. And it says your lifetime risk of death. Basically. Oh gosh. And so over yeah over like okay at age 70, 75, 80, 85, it tells you what your risk of death is. That's kind of cool. So, I mean, I think and it'll get better as we get older. It'll be like, you know, you'll have some genetic material or something like that. Now, barring any, you know, walking out in front of a, a train or something like sure. that, just general risk of death, I think that's kind of cool. So it gives people a better idea of kind of where they are based on. And I'm sure it'll involve, you know, how often do you exercise? Mm-hmm. Sleep is a big thing. New article out about sleep can decrease your risk of overall mortality by 40% if you get at least seven, eight hours a night of sleep. Shane, can I live with you for like a year so you can kind of get me on track? Because I don't sleep. I probably don't always eat right. Maybe like beer. Yeah, we've got we got some work to do on you, Brandon. So, but that's the deal. I'll be honest with it. We all there's a lot of us who have work to do, and and we'll talk to Shane. I get it. Yeah, and and I I do understand that, and I'm gonna um, and you know we talk about weight loss, we talk about okay, what dieting that kind of thing. It's a real thing. Like, it's a real thing. What you eat, you know, your body can only do so much with what you put into it. Um, activity. You know, we just talked about, well, if you're not staying active and you're not taking care of your body, don't expect your body to respond well for you, you know, when you need it to. I mean, we get we get uh, spoiled because, like I said, at 25, I could eat whatever the heck I wanted to. I could drink whatever I wanted to. I could do whatever I wanted to. And I recovered the next day. Yeah. And that's great. You can't do that at 45. It's just your body's like, look, I'm done. I can't, you know, we did that 20 years ago. I can't keep doing that. And then it's like you're surprised and that all of a sudden now it's like, wait a minute, what, you know, what are these aches, pains, and you know, why am I falling asleep in the chair at 5 in the afternoon? Um, it, it's just the way you just can't keep asking that much of your body if you're not going to take care of it. Um, it has to be a priority. It just has to be a priority. So I'm going to move in with Shane for about a year. He's going to get me on track. <laughs> Y'all, he's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He is Dr. Feelgood himself, Dr. Shane Spites. We appreciate you, man, and uh, get my room ready, okay? Mm. All right, guys. Great to talk to you, and I'll, I'll let my wife know that uh, you'll be over this evening uh, for dinner, Brandon. There you go. Get the broccoli Brooklyn ready. Sprouts. Bro- 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 <laughs> yeah. sprouts and broccoli. Man, sounds like a party, Shane. <laughs> we'll oh, see yeah. you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Peyton Riley, who uh, evidently does a little bit of everything. And (laughs) we've realized that we first met Peyton uh, back when she was doing stuff with Miss Arkansas. We're thinking, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, it was a good bit, it feels like. So how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are y'all? We're good. So and it's weird. When she came in, I'm like, this girl looks so familiar. Why do we know her? And then we put all the pieces together. Uh, Miss Arkansas, we just saw, you know, Corey Keller win that over the weekend. Were you a friend of hers through the whole pageant system? Yes. Corey is the best. We're so, so proud of her. 
So when we met you, it's like Miss Arkansas, and I think we saw you again when we were doing like a football deal with yes. Valley View. State send off. Yeah. Okay. Which was even longer ago. What? Oh, was that first? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, anyway, Valley View, your whole life, evidently, as we've talked to her before we got on the air, has been somewhat of a hard worker and a little bit of a performer. Am I right? Yes. Yes. I've so, danced my whole life, and then I've always loved being on the stage, and so now getting to be behind behind the scenes with everything has been it's been really cool. So Peyton's here this morning to talk about the Stage Theater Company and their performances of Disney's The Little Mermaid which actually starts tomorrow. Yes. Uh, what's your role with The Little Mermaid if you're behind the scenes? So I'm the assistant director for the performance and it has been so fun to see the cast and the crew work so hard to bring all these ideas that we had to life. What was it like for you to go from being the person right there in the center on stage to being somebody behind the scenes? Because that transition for some people can be kind of tough, especially if you're somebody who's always kind of lived in the spotlight. Right. Um, Well, we have so much fun during rehearsals and everyone's always laughing. So I always will try to sneak up on the stage and do something (laughs) in the middle. So I'm still, you know, having my moment. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. It's it's fun and it's it's definitely a different kind of rewarding seeing all the hard work that's going into it and helping the children in the show grow and find a love for something that I grew up loving as well. I love that because I've done mm-hmm. the same thing with with I guess radio too but in wrestling as well. Like some there's something about producing something mm-hmm. and seeing somebody else kind of realize their dreams yeah. that's just as special in a different way. Yes. So The Little Mermaid, again, is a presentation of the Stage Theater Company. For people who aren't familiar with the stage at this point, uh, what is the Stage Theater Company? So the stage is a community theater nonprofit here in Jonesboro, and we just work really hard to create an environment that is inclusive to all, regardless of abilities. It's open to every age. We just we love everyone. We want everyone to have fun and feel safe in this environment, and while also providing quality arts for the community to enjoy. So tell me about showtimes and when people can go and be a part of this, because I'm sure that, you know, when we say it's Disney's The Little Mermaid, a lot of people are going to know what The Little Mermaid (laughs) is. And we have a live presentation. Yes. So our opening night is tomorrow, Thursday, and we have shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Thursday through Saturday is at 7 p.m. Sunday is at 2 p.m. And we also have a fun little opportunity to do a meet and greet with Ariel and some of her friends. Um, So we are doing that before all of our showings as well. So where are the shows going to be taking place? They're going to be at Nettleton Performing Arts Center. If people want to get tickets to check out the Stage Theater Company and the performances with The Little Mermaid, where can they get those tickets? Yeah, at www.thestagetheaterco.com. And on our website, we have everything on there, tickets, more about us, everything. Uh, I, when I talk to her, you know, we, we talk a lot about young people who go through pageants and theater mm-hmm. and, and any of the stuff that's on the stage. There's a certain confidence, I think, that people have from that. I think especially as you go through your adult life, you kind of exude that confidence. What is it about, you know, being on stage and ballet and all the different things that you've done that's kind of put you in the spot that you are now? I think that there's just a certain hard work that goes into all of it. And I've seen that even more now being behind the scenes like we've talked about. Um, You know, whether you're on the stage and you're performing and you're working hard to get your role and what you're doing down perfectly. Or if you're behind the scenes working, tweaking those lights or making sure every costume is perfect for each person. There's just so much that goes into it to to make 
these spectacular things happen and putting that work into it and seeing it come to life is that feeling is the best thing ever. And so you just want to keep going with it and make other people feel that way too. Let's talk about the cast. You mentioned it's kind of a, you want to be open and let everybody in. So kind of age range, what are we looking at for the cast of the little mermaid? We have a huge, huge cast, the biggest cast that I've ever worked with before, but it's been the best. I think that our youngest age is Five and I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh my out. gosh! Yes, I don't want. I don't out anybody with their with the ages, but it goes to it goes to adults. Yeah. So we've got we, <laughs> over we've the got age big, of fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we we got a big we have a big range, but I feel like everybody in our cast has gotten so close in watching these friendships form. Where I just I see it and I'm like, that's going to be a lifelong friendship. And see, that's so neat. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. when people are committing to learn lines, because I've always thought the idea of being on stage, there's a rush like that mm-hmm. when the spotlight hits and you know there's no net and you got to perform. I thrive in that environment. But my deal is, and Kelly knows this, and I think we're both the same way. We're very much ad lib. And you mm-hmm. can't go up there and ad-lib The Little Mermaid. <laughs> right, right. Are there tricks to kind of memorize lines, and can you teach me that stuff? Because I, I was in a deal the other day where they're like, well, what are we going to say? I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to say until I say it. Well, there's a certain type of ad-libbing that goes on in theater. So, you know, sometimes if you can't just depend on everybody doing exactly how you practiced it. So, you know, if somebody doesn't walk in front of you and they're supposed to, you've got to figure out, you know, how to – how you can move to keep the show going. Mm. But everyone, I am also impressed with how everybody's able to memorize everything so well. But our our cast is just so talented. How many people do you think are involved on stage, behind the scenes? Like if you're going to look at the total production, what do you think that number looks like? Definitely, I would say like probably anywhere from 150, 200 people. Oh my gosh. That's a yeah, ton of people. It's a ton of people. And all local people involved. Yes. See, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so, a great thing for, for Jonesboro, definitely. So again, it's the Stage Theater Company and Disney's The Little Mermaid with performances starting tomorrow. It goes tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Peyton, if people want to find out more about the Stage Theater Company and these performances, where can they get more information? TheStageTheaterCo.com. All right. We appreciate you coming yeah, in this morning. Thank you. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Noelle Richardson from the Alzheimer's Association. Noelle, what's happening this morning? Oh, a lot of planning over here on my end. <laughs> hey, what's your role with the Alzheimer's Association now? Because I know forever you were kind of a volunteer, but I think you kind of moved on up, right? Yes. Now I'm actually the Northeast Arkansas Walk Manager, and I also manage um, another fundraising component called The Longest Day for the entire state of Arkansas. Oh, yeah. I've, I've obviously done and been a part of both those deals. How long did you volunteer with the Alzheimer's Association before you hired on? Um, between six and seven years uh, before they hired me on. <laughs> Oh, wow. So <clears throat> it's wild. You know, a lot of us, as we uh, go throughout life, we end up, you know, having family members who end up with Alzheimer's. I had a grandmother who ended up with Alzheimer's. I have uh, a grandfather right now who's going through stuff like this and I had the opportunity to chat with him on the phone a couple of weeks ago. And it's it's so um, I'll say it's heartbreaking when you you think about the person like my pop, you know, big, strong and boisterous and, and you hear him at this state. And it's not the same person that I used to be able to talk to. Um, do you have a personal story and a personal relationship with, with Alzheimer's? Is that the reason that you're a part of the organization? 
Yes. So actually both of my great grandmothers um, had Alzheimer's and I just, my great grandmother, Mooney, she's the, the reason really I got started um, with the walk. Um, actually just, I had a team, you know, in memory of her, she was the person I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, we spent all, you know, every summer um, in her garden making lemonade. And um, those are some of the best memories of my childhood. And I hated that at the end, she couldn't even remember that. Um, and so I was like, hey, I've got to get started and um, I've got to help in any way that I can. And that's what I do every single day. Yeah, so it's a it's a passion project for you, kind of like it is, you know, <clears throat> I've done stuff with the Alzheimer's Association in the past. Our friend Kate Morgan uh, was heavily involved as well, right? And it's a family deal for yes. her. Uh, but then, like for me, I hadn't been touched directly until the last probably five or six years where all of a sudden, man, once you go through that and you see that person who used to be, again, so strong and was such a role model and all of a sudden, you know, they're not the same anymore and you're having those conversations that are sometimes hard and sad, uh, it makes you want to go out there and campaign and be an ambassador for the Alzheimer's Association, I think. Yes, and that's. That's exactly what I see, especially at our, our walk every fall. Um, you're going to meet people from the community that you had no idea were touched by the disease, and they'll be there, and they'll share their story, and you're like, hey, like we're in the same boat, and we're in it together. Yeah. I've seen some stuff that you guys have put out. You're starting to work early on the Walk to End Alzheimer's, which is happening in October this year on the campus of Arkansas State, like you guys always do. But um, some stuff that's out there earlier, trying to get the awareness out and let people know it's it's a great time to sign up and start building those teams. Uh, tell us about that and kind of the vision of what you guys are planning. Yes. Um, so we're doing things a little different this year. Um, we have already started uh, working with all our different committees um, to plan the walk. Um, and thank you to ASU. They are always so gracious to let us um, have the walk there just the perfect place for our community. Um, but we're actually going to do a kickoff event this year, which is going to be in August. Um, the things will be going out um, hopefully in July, but we're going to do a huge uh, luau for loved ones um, where it's just a time for all the company um, teams, um, family and friend teams, captains to come join together, see what we have planned for the day, um, just kind of get acquainted and see what kind of programs that we are offering now in Northeast Arkansas between education programs and also our support groups for dementia caregivers. So um, just a lot going on right now, and we're really, really excited. So, Noel, when you talk about a luau, right, I'm thinking about Hawaii, and I'm thinking about how they do that. What does a luau look like when you bring it to Northeast Arkansas? What's that vision? Um. Exactly what you what you just said. Um, just think of you're going to walk into Hawaii. Um, we're going to um, have all the decor, all the food that you can think of, um, bringing in snow cones, just a fun time for your family um, and for your um, even businesses and companies to come in and just see what we're doing. Um, people always ask, you know, where does the money go? What support, you know, are y'all giving Northeast Arkansas? Um, community members, mm -hmm. this is a time for you to get all of that information in a really fun atmosphere. So the idea behind the Alzheimer's Association is eventually we want to find a cure so families don't have to go through this. So the individual who's suffering uh, doesn't have to go through that. And I think at the end, the end game is getting to that point, right? Yes. So right now um, we are actually considered being in the air of treatment, which is something, Ooh. um, 
that we have all been looking forward to. Yep. Um, but now it's just getting, uh, just getting them, keeping the momentum um, and just, you know, striding along and seeing what happens in the next couple of years. I truly believe in the next couple of years we will have a cure for the disease. Do you guys help too with people and families who are struggling with it, like with resources? Because I would assume that if somebody's never gone through this with somebody in their family, that all of a sudden a, an Alzheimer's diagnosis can be kind of tough and they need they need to find out different things that they might not know otherwise. Are you guys there to help that too? We are. We actually have a 24-7 helpline. Um, I always share it. It's 800-272-3900. Um, one of our clinicians will actually be answering the phone for you, but they will give you resources um, wherever you are. That you don't even have to be in Arkansas. We do have several families um, in Northeast Arkansas that are trying to help families that are in like Texas or Oklahoma. So they can call that number or they can call our office. Um, we do have support groups, education classes. We come into any group, um, no matter how small, um, to train, give resources, and it's all for free. It's wonderful. And again, the, the walk to end Alzheimer's is going to happen on the campus of Arkansas State on October the 7th. Uh, if you're looking to put a team together, I know that's a big deal. You fundraise to put a team together. That's important. Maybe you want to be a sponsor because, you know, you have a passion project. This is something that's a passion project for you as well. Noel, where can people get information on uh, the Alzheimer's Association and the walk to end Alzheimer's for Jonesboro? Yes. So if you go to ALZ dot org backslash AR walk. You can actually click on Northeast Arkansas um, and it'll pull up all our walk information. And then my information is right there as well. Um, I have all the information you're going to need. All right. Noel Richardson joins us this morning from the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, it's great to catch up with you again and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Noel. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man you need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Find out more at vet-care.com and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, welcome back. Let's do some Wet Nose Wednesday, man. How are you? Good. I'm loving to hear the thunder and see the rain. We need it. Yeah, my yard needed the rain. Hey, let me ask you a question before we get started on the topic that uh, that you brought to us today for Wet Nose Wednesday. How frequent is it for an Arkansan, a human, to get rabies? You know, not not very often. Um, I don't remember one in my recent history um, since I've been in practice, actually. So, um, you know, we do have reports of rabies uh, Um. In, in our wildlife, for sure, sure, and in dogs and cats and cattle sometimes. So, you know, it is definitely, um, you know, a, under a concern in the state. But, like, um, so so tell me, though, because I don't think I've ever ran into an animal, except maybe a bat. There was a bat on my house one time. But, like, dogs and cats, is it extremely rare? Because the issue is is that we have this, this neighborhood cat that's been out, and Kai got a little tiny scratch on his foot, and now he's afraid he's going to get rabies. So what can we tell him about rabies and how often that happens, especially in, in cats in neighborhoods like right around right around here? 
Yeah, it, you know, rabies is a virus that's transmitted in the saliva of an infected animal. So I'd say, you know, it's going to take a bite, uh, you know, or something, some kind of contamination from the saliva in their mouth mm-hmm. into an open wound, whether that's caused by the bite or, you know, if uh, you're handling the uh, animal that's salivating and, you know, you've got an, uh, a break in your skin and, uh, you know, the virus could enter that way. So, um, I just did a quick look. There's 25 cases of human rabies have been reported in the United States, and this was from 2009 to 2018. Right. So, you know, that's 10 years and 25 cases, and it says seven of those were acquired outside of the United States and its territory. <laughs> they got them from another country. So, you know, it's not a big problem in uh, in in humans, uh, and there is some effective post uh, exposure or potential exposure, you know, immunization for that. So, uh, you know, but it's not anytime you're definitely if you're bitten by a wild animal or a feral cat or an unknown dog, you know, you need to seek attention from your physician because mm-hmm. it's not something to be played with. Because once contracted, it's pretty much 100% fatal in, a, in an animal or a person. Now the cat that had that had scratch Kai has had its rabies shot also. Does that make it even less of an issue? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, there's other things that can get, you know, like a cat scratch can cause, you know, a bacterial infection, a cat scratch disease. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, if it's, you know, I'm not going to say don't go see your doctor, but if it's anything, you know, a puncture or a scratch, you know, there's always a potential or it can become infected. So, you know, practice just normal first aid, you know, clean it real well, rinse it, rinse it for a while with water, use a, you know, any bacterial soap and, uh, you know, maybe put some triple antibiotic ointment on it. But if there's any concern, definitely call your physician. Dr. Reed, I don't know if you know this, but Kai is the first child that has ever been scratched by a cat. <laughs> it has just been recorded. <laughs> So thank you so much. Kai is his daddy's son. I'm just going to tell you that with the way he thinks about and overanalyzes situations. Um, But anyway, what did you bring for us today for Wet Nose Wednesday? Um, You know, I had a call the other night, and a little dog had uh, had injured uh, uh, an owner's thought. injured one of its legs and they wanted to know if they could give it something at home and my first thought was um, well do you have um, do you have any aspirin at home no I've got ibuprofen mm-hmm. and you know commonly the thing I hear uh, from anybody that calls hardly anybody has aspirin anymore at home uh, ibuprofen you know there's a it's uh, probably over long term it's a little safer than aspirin in people, mm-hmm. uh, but in dogs, apparently, and, and in people, there's a pretty good margin of, of safety in it and the dosage, but in our pets, there's a very narrow margin of safety in ibuprofen, and I don't even like to try to tell a person, uh, you know, how to divide the dose and get it for that appropriate size animal. You know, most of the adult non-prescription drinks at home would be the 200 milligram tablets or capsules. Right. So this was a little dog and uh, accepted or one of the uh, you know, off-label use in pets, but one of the accepted doses would be like five milligrams per kilogram, which that dog would have needed 20 milligrams. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got a 200 milligram tablet, 
you know, it's hard to give a tenth of a, of a tablet. And oh, yeah. so that's why there's a possibility that it could be overdosed. And, of course, a capsule, you can't divide that. And then if you've got the higher doses, like the prescription strength, you know, 400 to 800 milligrams, you know, that's definitely going to be an overdose for a dog. And um, it's, uh, the biggest, you know, the, the way ibuprofen works, it, it inhibits the conversion of um, uh, some enzymes or, or inhibits some enzymes called cyclooxygenase enzymes, and it's abbreviated COX, COX, and there's COX-2 and COX-2. Well, COX-1 and COX-2. The COX-2 enzymes, um, that reduces, a, ibuprofen reduces the reduction of inflammatory mediators, and that's where that, you know, anti-inflammatory effect comes in. But it also inhibits the COX-1 enzymes, and those are necessary for maintaining our normal gastric mucosal barriers, like in the stomach. Uh, they're important for the blood flow to the kidneys and also for um, platelet clumping, you know, in our body. Uh, so, you know, when a, when you overdose this in a dog, uh, and I've seen several cases of toxicity, and, and it's probably the most commonly reported non-steroidal uh, ingestion in pets to the Animal Poison Control Center. Um, the dogs, you know, a lot of these tablets especially are coated, and they're kind of maybe a sweet taste, so yep. dogs knock over a bottle. And I always cringe when I get a call. The client says, you know, my, I don't know how many tablets are in the bottle, but it's all chewed up. Oh. I know tablets are gone. And, you know, it's a true emergency because um, with that narrow margin of safety, it can definitely, you know, number one, cause some severe gastric ulcers, even gastric perforations, which could be fatal. Um, you know, it can cause some, some definitely some kidney, kidney failure. Uh, in some cases, even seizures. So, you know, I, I when I hear that a dog has ingested ibuprofen, I treat that as an emergency. And the first thing I try to do is tell the client to, you know, give them uh, the pet some hydrogen peroxide to try to induce vomiting, um, and then you know bring it in. You know, we would probably administer activated charcoal, start it on IV fluids, get some maybe baseline blood work. And, uh, you know, keep it on fluids for 24 hours, monitor it, probably administer that uh, activated charcoal every eight hours, and uh, and even start using some gastroprotectant uh, to help coat the lining of the stomach. And, uh, you know, they, and then I usually monitor two or three days later the blood work and make sure, you know, kidney levels have it elevated. So, um, it, you know, it's, it, it's just better to not give ibuprofen, uh, you know, even one dose, just because the dosages we have are usually pretty, pretty large for the size of pets we have. So, you know, there's that potential for even one dose to cause some toxicity. Mm. Now, it may not be total, but it could definitely cause some GI symptoms, some vomiting, diarrhea, you know, irritation in the stomach, maybe some mild ulcerations. And um, so... I think, uh, you know, you're better off just not, not giving it at all. Um, you know, aspirin, of course, there's issues with aspirin, too, but I, I feel a lot more comfortable with a one-time dose of aspirin, you know, if it's an acute injury and, and, and they need something to kind of get some pain relief or reduce inflammation until they can, you know, bring it into a veterinary facility the next day. So, um, you know, don't, uh, like I said, I bet if you poll 50 households, you know, only maybe five to ten would have any aspirin or Tylenol. Most of us, you know, keep ibuprofen now.
Well, I think you've told us about this in the past. As I mean, I know you've told us about this, but we should probably have a pet safety kit on standby just in case, and that could be something we keep in that pet safety kit. Yeah, it's good, and always, you know, always keep some hydrogen peroxide. I can't tell you how many times um, I've gotten calls at night, and um, the uh, owner, the dog or cat, has ingested something, and I'll say, "What well, do you have any hydrogen peroxide at home?" No, but I can go get some. So. Yeah. You know, it's only about a dollar for a big bottle of it. It's, it's a good thing to keep on hand uh, if you have pets, just in case you need it at some point. Y'all, he is the man you need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. Find out more at vet-care.com and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Kevin Reed with Wet Nose Wednesday. We appreciate you, man, and we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Stay, stay dry today, guys. All right, we will. See you then. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Haley Stotts, who the last time we spoke to Haley, she was in a closet to do the interview. Haley, I'm assuming... I happen to be there again. No. Oh. You are not. Yep. She's back in the And closet. maybe I'm hiding from the storm, too. I'm not sure, but kind of nasty outside today. Wait a minute. So you still work at the bank, right? I still work at First Security. Sure do. And they have a closet in the bank that you go and hide in when you're going to do media. It's my marketing closet, so it's kind of home <laughs> for me anyway. I think she goes and lays in the money, and then she talks to you. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Haley, is there any truth after lunch, sometimes you go and take a nap in that closet? Brandon. You know, I can neither confirm nor deny that. So. <laughs> hey, how have you been doing? I've been good. How about you guys? Hey, we're kind of doing the same thing. We run and run and run. I would assume if you're doing marketing for First Security, you're fairly busy too, right? I am, but it's always good to stay busy, so I'm yeah. grateful for it. We enjoy it. So how do you, because like we think of you, when we think of Haley Stotts, we think like, you're, you know, you're very civic minded and you're, you're going out to grand openings and ribbon cuttings and you do all these different things around the community. How do you have time all of a sudden to, to stay so involved? Because I see that you're a co-chair with the St. Bernard's triple swing. How do you do all that? Uh, by the grace of God, I'm not <laughs> sure, but I just love Jonesboro and it's a great community. So it's fun to just jump in and be a part of special things like St. Bernard's triple swing. So as an advocate for St. Bernard's, I know that, uh, you know, basically you guys are, you're employed by different people, but you believe in the mission of St. Bernard's and you want to help fundraise and support the mission of St. Bernard's. And man, when you look at triple swing, uh, this is one of, if not the biggest things they do all year. Yeah, exactly. This, I believe is, I want to say the 33rd annual triple swing that's been hosted. So it's been around longer than I've been around. um, (laughs) If that tells you anything. (laughs) But it is hosted by the St. Bernard's Advocates. This is the largest fundraising event that we do throughout the year. And it's such a tradition here in town. Um, it's called Triple Swing because there's three different swing um, elements to it. You've got the dinner dance on Friday night. On Monday, we have pickleball. And then on Monday and Tuesday, we also have golf. Yep. Um, pickleball is new this year. But honestly, the mission of the program is the same. And that's, like you said, to support St. Bernard's mission. Um, and to further that Christ-like healing. Hey, let's talk about that, because every year when you're talking about triple swing, you kind of try to aim uh, the money raised to a certain part of St. Bernard's. Where's that aiming this year? Yeah, so our beneficiary this year is going to be 
um, to uh, revamp a surgical suite in the new tower that everyone's probably seen from Washington. That tower has provided so many great um, services and um, just taking care of a lot of lives already. And so they are expanding the surgical suite. And some may say, like last year, we sponsored the NICU. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that really tugs at your heartstrings. And sure. so some may say, why a surgical suite? But if you think about it, you can probably think of yourself or even your mom, your dad, a sibling. Everybody's in, been impacted by surgery in some form or fashion. Right. So it really is benefiting our entire community in a really unique way. So you mentioned the fact that uh, the dinner dance is going to happen on a Friday. That's going to be Friday, June the 23rd, then pickleball on Monday the 26th, and then uh, golf on the 26th and 27th. Uh, As we look at this event, I noticed there's a theme, and when I saw the theme and I saw kind of the way you guys titled it, I thought it was very creative. Can can we talk about the theme of Triple Swing? Yes. So I have to give Lindsay Wingo, who is the um, chair of St. Bernard's Triple Swing this year, major props. She came up with Living in the Land of the Delta Blues. Um, I believe she was a part of the Delta Leadership Program, so I think this was really inspired by her time, spending time across the Delta and just seeing how rich the history is here. And we have a lot of great things to offer, not just in Northeast Arkansas, but in the region we're surrounded by. So that's the theme. And then we've got a really great band coming in. It's Keith Johnson and the Big Muddy Band. And I've never seen them, but I've seen their YouTube page, and they look really awesome. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and it feeds right into our menu for the night. Um, you're going to have lots of great Delta cuisine um, to expect. Um, she has done an outstanding job of just pulling a lot of unique elements from the Delta into the event. Again, that's going to be the dinner and dance. It happens at St. Bernard's on Friday, uh, June the 23rd. Uh, and then, you know, we skip the weekend. We come back on Monday. Kelly was super excited when she saw that you guys were going with pickleball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is new this year. Um, in years past, we've done tennis, and there's been a few years where we haven't included that element. But we brought pickleball in this year because that seems to be all the rage. Would you say so, Kelly? Yep. Love it. Yep. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. Um, and if you're interested in tickets for pickleball, um, for the dinner dance, or for golf, go to TripleSwing.org. You can purchase your tickets for any event. So as we look at tickets, or how are we looking? I know a lot of times this is an event that people you know jump on and they jump on early. Is there a limited availability at this point, or are we still good, or what's that look like? I think for the dinner dance, I want to say like up to fire code, we have about 400 seats that we can offer. And I think we're getting close. So definitely hop online and get your tickets for the dinner dance. Um, As far as pickleball goes, I think we'll still be accepting um, applications right up to the event. But get those as soon as possible. And golf always fills up real fast. So we still got a few slots there. So hop on in. Again, all the information can be found if you go to TripleSwing.org. The website looks great this year. I was excited to see how you guys have done that. Just, you know, as we see these young people like Lindsey Wingo and Haley Stotts doing these things and organizing events, we're just seeing, you know, we're seeing things pushed forward and, and we're moving forward. So you guys are doing a great job and we'll see you at Triple Swing, okay? Thanks. Can't wait to see y'all. All right. Now you're allowed to leave the closet, okay? <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Haley. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you check out today's podcast, you'll hear all about how Kelly once auditioned for a game show. Yeah. And she didn't make it. What? Go ahead and finish, though, because I almost made it. Yeah, your friend Ashley from Wynn, who was your partner on the show, or was going to be, she auditioned with you. She regretted the fact that she asked Kelly to try with her. That's not true. No, she told me that. We made it to the third round. 
I don't think I was supposed to tell you that. You're such a She liar. just told me she regretted the okay. decision. She could have picked anybody else. That's what I heard. You're just so mad that she didn't pick you. <laughs> you know what? Now that I think uh-huh. about that. Exactly. Uh, we also talk about the things that we don't miss about school. There's new music from Dirk Bentley. Uh, the Lainey Wilson, Lauren Elena dance. It's pretty trendy. It's cute. Uh, plus, we talk with Dr. Shane Spites with some doc talk. We had Peyton Riley on to talk about the Stage Theater Company and the Little Mermaid. Noelle Richardson with the Alzheimer's Association getting us set for the walk to end Alzheimer's. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care mm-hmm. on why you shouldn't give your pets ibuprofen. And Haley Stotts got us ready for the St. Bernard's Triple Swing. All of that on today's podcast. All you have to do is search Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly wherever you get podcasts. And Kelly Perry. What's on TV tonight? Several premieres are on tonight. The Wonder Years, Temptation Island. There's a new show called The Big D. This is a show about recent divorcees. Search for romance in paradise. But here's the catch. Their exes are there too. Yeah, so imagine that. You're looking for love and you look over there and there's your ex. And somebody else might be getting with your ex. You're like, that's my ex. You don't want to do that. Yeah, so lots of drama on that show. What's it called again? It's called The Big D. The Big D. Yeah. Also... You remember Aaliyah. There is a big documentary on that tonight. It's just called Superstar Aaliyah. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.